Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good evening, everybody. How are y'all doing? Welcome to the show. Got a great show planned for you. Uh, DMs always open, but we're going to start the show by talking about a topic that I think a lot of people can relate to. And even if you can't. It becomes something that I think we all have something valuable to learn. We're going to talk about how to not be a people pleaser. So as with all um, mental health struggles, issues, labels, diagnoses, disorders, um, they all exist on a continuum. And I think that's the beautiful normalizer of mental health struggles. And for those that are you know, working on being a mental health advocate, which I think we all need to because again... All of the different mental health disorders, struggles, diagnoses are things that we will all encounter at some point in our lives. Literally all of them, maybe to not a severe degree that has us meeting clinical criteria for an actual diagnosis, um, <clears throat> but uh, continuum. So again, someone might say, oh, that person's a narcissist. And I say, we all are. It's just to what extent, at what times, and in what relationships. Oh, that person's borderline. We all exhibit borderline traits because these aren't real things. Mental health diagnoses are metaphors. They're just these syndromes or clusters. If you meet these chosen and designated behaviors so as to have research and information and treatment options, but we need to hold them lightly. We need to detach from them. We can outgrow them. We can be situation, uh, situationally or contextually within them. Um, and we're all in those continuums. Certain relationships will bring out certain parts of ourselves while other relationships or other you know phases or times in our lives will quiet them down. So it's how borderline are you? How narcissistic are you? We will all have symptoms and signs of depression at times in our lives. Um, so people pleasing is something that we'll all bump into because what we're really talking about is what? Confidence, boundaries, assertion, and communication. And that's something we'll all struggle with. Um, that's good. We're normalizing these struggles and these issues. It's part of being a human. Uh, so there's something to learn for everyone in these topics. Uh, there are some people <laughs> that are just good at nailing confidence and assertion. And I work with some of those patients in my practice where, you know, you're kind of blown away by how they move through the world. And, uh, you know, as a certified sex and relationship therapist, that's always, you know, my entry point or my focal point. And I think it's really amazing when you can see the vulnerability and how some people move through the world trying to date. Yes, we want to always have, you know, consent and empathy. And if we're hitting on someone or asking someone out and they show disinterest or discomfort, we back away, we move away. But I'm always impressed with people that are really assertive and confident and they will um, sometimes even from zero without any sign of interest, lovingly and respectfully walk up to someone because those are the key words, lovingly and respectfully saying, hey, I noticed you. Um, what's your name or how's your day going or whatever it is. And, you know, they read the room. I told a story on the show. This was a while ago. This was pre-pandemic. So, oof. and I was sitting at a coffee shop and I was watching someone do the opposite where the female that this uh, individual was hitting on was clearly uninterested and uncomfortable. And he wasn't picking up on it, he kept pushing. And I had to call it out and say, bro, leave her alone. She's looking down. She's looking away. She literally just put on her headphones, you know? So I'm not talking about those people. Um, that's actually abusive and you know, we're not trying to do that, but the people that start from zero and are loving and caring and, uh, or those that make eye contact with someone and instead of just wandering off, they walk up and introduce themselves. Um, I went through a phase where I committed to doing that. I think I shared the story in the show as well at some point, but <clears throat> excuse me, I'm still getting over COVID symptoms. I know, I know we're weeks in. That's why 
when they say that if you're boosted and vaccinated, it's more mild, it doesn't mean it's mild. It just means it's milder. Uh, anywho, I was with a friend and we were just talking, we were both single and we were just talking about how like, God, you know, we move through the day and you see people that you think are attractive and maybe there's a little flirtation, but no one does anything about it. Both parties just kind of part ways or whatever. And I said, I'm not going to do that anymore. <clears throat> if I have an interest in someone, and I think that they're possibly interested and I'm able to kind of like, you know, maybe get a little energy going. I'm going to, I'm going to be that bold, assertive person that asks them out. I'm going to do it. I have nothing to lose. Um, what's the worst that happens? They reject me. Okay. I can accept that I'm not everyone's type. I can accept that I'm not desirable for everyone or by everyone. And I started asking people out. And I'm telling you the first two times I was so anxious, so anxious. Both times I was in a store and um, both parties <laughs> who I hit on were so blown away by it. They were both like, wow, no one does that anymore. And they were both like, yeah, that's awesome. Here's my number. And I remember the one uh, immediately texted because they were so moved by that level of assertion and confidence. <laughs> I'm laughing because there's such a sweetness to these big, bold, vulnerable steps. So anyway, we're going to be talking about how to not be a people pleaser, which again is really a crash course in assertiveness and confidence and communication and all that. So um, something for us to all learn because we're all in that continuum um, trying to figure out how to move through the world in those certain ways. So stick around for that. And then of course we'll be doing some DMs. So got a question for us, topic you want covered, something you want us to circle back to, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Just got to scroll down there, look for Loveline, click on it, and you can binge, post, share, re-listen, lots of good stuff. It's all it's always about that repetition and practice. So check it out. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Oh, right, y'all. We are back and uh, talking about how to not be a people pleaser. And I was kind of saying what, what we're really talking about is managing anxiety and assertion and confidence, boundaries and consent and empathy is always woven in there. So uh, even if I don't bump into those concepts, know that that's always in there. There is no mental health, there is no confidence, there is no assertion if we are not having empathy and awareness for how we're impacting the other or landing. Uh, we are always tracking other people when we are in their presence to just make sure that whatever we're doing isn't making them uncomfortable or harming them, especially if we're talking about dating and asking people out or whatever it is. Um, <clears throat> because da, 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 mental health is about that recognition and confidence and assertion can exist if it's falling under the rubric of <laughs> boundarylessness and abuse. So that's that. Um, you know, again, what's really hard about working on not being a people pleaser is, well, we're set up culturally to be 
people pleasers. We are set up to really seek and rely on the approval of others. Think about how life begins. We want parental improvement because we still think that our parents' opinion of us is the most important thing. Parents still train and raise their kids to believe that their job is to make their parents happy as evidenced by parents saying, why are you doing this to me? Or that's not what I want for you. Or forcing them into hobbies and identities and genders and telling them what to wear and what to go to school for. Um, right? Then... <laughs> In school, we're seeking approval with grades. Um, just in, in, in and of itself, we are competing with the other students. We are trying to prove ourselves to a potential college or high school maybe when grade school and, and as we rise up the ranks. We're trying to make the world happy. As adults, we're led to believe that our worth is tied to what we produce and how many friends we have and, and, and our aesthetics. It's, it's nothing but this idea of this imaginary audience or literal audience that's always tracking us. So... <laughs> from birth look at commercials it's about losing weight and battling aging and wearing the new hottest trends and how many likes you have in, on instagram like all of these things are people pleasing so it's really hard when someone says it's you know getting toxic for me and i've lost my confidence i i don't know how to be assertive it's like well yeah that's work we all have to do so some of this is macro. And I always want to point that out that I don't always want to victim blame by saying, Oh, stop being a people pleaser as though that person has chosen that, <laughs> you know, when it's a cultural thing that we very much internalize. And so some of the work is changing their systems. And that's why I love the models and whatnot that are saying, I'm not going to wear makeup. I'm not going to battle aging, uh, show pictures of people with wrinkles and graying hair. That's why I love talking about, you know, your worth is really tied to your ethics and what kind of person you are, not what you own and materialism and all these things outside of you. Um, getting back to mental health being about authenticity and not conformity to social norms and values, which as we just talked about are quite toxic. Uh, feeling good about ourselves because of the life we're leading, not because of what we have around us and how many likes we have on social media. So we have to make some of those systemic changes and we have to stop leading with those things, even on dating apps. I sit with clients and friends looking at dating apps and I see what people are looking for and putting in their bios. And it's rarely about the kind of person internally, which is wild because relationships are about spending time with someone and their ethics and all of that. It's really what's most important, but yet we focus on the externals. What kind of job do they have? How tall are they? How do they dress? And it's like none of those things actually speak to what it's like to be in a relationship with someone or relational health. Um, but those are the kinds of things that we're trained to seek and to prioritize and to lead and market ourselves with. So being a people pleaser is quite understandable based on how things are structured. So again, it's not your fault if you're a people pleaser. In fact, most mental health issues are a result of cultural, problematic and toxic cultural systems and institutions that we're at the mercy of. Um, so that's part of this, but that's not what we're really gonna be talking most about because as with most things, uh, as you work on changing the larger macro systems, you also have to work on how to you know, individually on micro levels, deal with those things and manage them to the best you can in your personal individual life. That's a mouthful, but therapy implies that like, it's you're the problem. We're going to fix it alone in my office, but it's like, well, not always. We also have to find ways to change these systems that are harming so many. Um, so as we do this work, it's, it's micro and it's macro. I know, <clears throat> um, there's also this piece about, um, this comes up with dating. Like one of the things I always tell people with dating is, you know, going on dates and dating isn't about being liked. And we think that with job interviews, we think that with dating, like my job here is to make this person want me or like me. And so I'm going to conform or present myself in whatever way I think I need to, I'm going to mind read and make assumptions so that they want me for the job or the relationship. But it's also, it will not, it's also, but it's more importantly about you just being yourself and seeing if it's a match on a date. Don't try to be liked, be known. Be yourself, talk about who you really are, show, yourself, show them who you really are. And if that's not compatible or a match, that's good to know. Don't people please, don't mispresent and represent yourself. Don't withhold the parts of yourself that you think they might not like. Because not only may you be wrong, but if you aren't wrong, it's important to know that that's a non-starter. Jobs are kind of the same way. You need to interview them as well. Um, how happy are employees here? What do you think is the best part about working here? What's employee retention like? Can I speak to some people that work here to get a sense of what it's like to work here? <laughs> Interview them as well. Um, we need to kind of flip that because this is also about your mental health. 
<laughs> you know, it's also about prioritizing your happiness. So as you can hear, as we're working on not being a people pleaser, it, it's about not necessarily always trying to be liked because we're not always going to be liked. And we do have to accept that, that people are going to reject us. We're not going to be right for everyone. Not everyone's going to find us attractive. Not everyone's going to find us desirable. That's okay. <laughs> it really is. And who you are and how you are is literally ideal and what someone else does desire. There are jobs that want you exactly because of who you are and how you are. There are people that want to date you because of how you are and who you are. I've had issues with that in my own head where I'm like, I'm vegan. I'm a non-drinker. I'm quite politically active. I'm very intellectual. Hmm. I wonder how many people want to bring that in a lot. But then there's a lot of people that don't. They want something easier, lighter, simpler, more basic. And I have to allow and accept that. So these are there, there's limits we all have to bump up against. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back and keep talking about how to not be a people pleaser. So stick around. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we are back. And we're talking about how to not be a people pleaser. Oh, I don't even like hearing that word said. I wouldn't want to be told I'm a people pleaser, but we all are to some extent because like every single mental health issue and personality disorder, we're all on the continuum. It's not, are you a narcissist or borderline? How borderline or narcissistic are you? We all have those traits because these are human traits. And just because someone meets more of the criteria doesn't mean they're broken or disordered. It just means that we've arbitrarily <laughs> defined these syndromes or clusters and it helps us with research and treatment. Uh, but with things like people pleasing, we all struggle with assertion. We all struggle to want to be liked because that's how we're socialized and raised with grades, with the way we look at bodies and health, with anti-aging. Uh, even in the workforce, we're always judged based on performance and how we look. And that is us literally constantly being told that others' opinions of us are important. Now, it's a little bit of both because mental health is about this concept of empathy, intersubjectivity, mentalization, all these different things that imply, yeah, we want to be aware of how we're impacting others. That's a really important relational tool is noticing yourself and, and, and being told sometimes what it's like for people to be in relationship with you and maybe what they would want to see different. So there is room for that discussion, but we shouldn't live and die by that. And people pleasing is really a conversation about authenticity. It's a conversation about confidence. It's a conversation about assertion and boundaries. All of that is woven in there, but we're up against these powerful cultural forces that tell us you have to fit in. <laughs> you have to make people happy. We have job performance reviews. We have grades in school. A lot of parents that make their children believe that their job is to make their parents happy. And some even religion can do that. And some people move through the world, even as adults still with this part of their ego um, or their value system being tied to some external source that they're still living under the pressure of, even though they might not literally be living at that home anymore or part of that religion, but that's embedded in us. Um, our super ego, it would be more of a more appropriate term, but it's unintegrated as they say, meaning we haven't really made it our own. And that's really what an important part of being, not being a people pleaser is, is really determining what your values are and being guided by those. And sometimes that's going to be at odds with those around you or cultural values, but that's a really important part of mental health. What are my values? And I'm going to be guided by that, not by my wounds, often not by my thoughts even, and definitely many times not by my feelings. I might be angry, but that doesn't dictate my behavior. I might be depressed and that doesn't need to dictate my behavior. Anxiety, working with anxiety is about detaching from it lovingly, allowing it, and importantly saying, that's not gonna determine how I behave. What will is my values and my goals. And so that's a little bit about the part of not people pleasing is you living by your own value system. But again, we don't live in a culture where we even often know what our ethics and values are. So then we can't be guided by them because we are instead taught to focus on your professional and academic goals and these material goals. Do you want a house? Do you want a car? Do you want a watch? What do you want to go on vacation? And none of those can help guide us. And that's the problem. Very few people, if you say to them, what are your ethics and your values by which your life should be guided? They don't know. And that's what fouls them up. Instead, they're then led by their anger or their materialistic goals and not being a people pleaser is coming back to those important core parts of ourselves. We'll get more into that. Um, <clears throat> but we are working on disrupting our people pleasing tendencies <laughs> or drives. So we have to just first call that out. When we're working on our mental health, we're often going up against what we've practiced 
or what our natural impulses are because the quality of our life is determined by how hard we're working on these things. And so if you're looking around at your life and you're like, I don't like the way it's going and specifically to being maybe a people pleaser where you're like, I'm constantly abandoning myself and my needs, what some people might also call codependence. Um, that means you're going to have to be open to really stepping into some new behaviors, behaviors that are going to feel a little disruptive for how you've been running your life. And more importantly, you know, you're really doing this work when you're disrupting the relationships you have with others who depend on you being a people pleaser. That's what they want from you. That's what they value it in you. So when we start living healthier, there's a disruption and we often think that that's a sign something's bad or wrong, but that's a good sign. We're going to lose some of the unhealthy people and we're going to keep the healthy people. Healthy people will value us having boundaries. Uh, very few people will say, thank you for setting a boundary. <laughs> I'm glad you're taking care of yourself, but healthy people will in some way imply that. And I actually do have friends that say that. And I love that where they're like, wow, that's a bummer to hear. I really did want you to, you know, go to my comedy show, but thank you for taking care of yourself. You know, I appreciate that you're tired and you need to stay in. That's a healthy person. And sometimes we have to lead by example, and start normalizing such things, honoring people's boundaries, honoring people, prioritizing self-care, um, not applying social pressure for people to prioritize other people's needs before their own. And so it's also a conversation about self-care, prioritizing that, learning how to say no more. Um, but again, we're working on disrupt, disrupting a lot of things and we have to be open to that. I love the Eastern psychology and philosophy that talks about going to the places that scare you and also just letting things fall apart. <laughs> we have to start afresh. We're gonna take a break, gonna do some DMs, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna keep talking about how to stop being a people pleaser because uh, we are culturally socialized into it. So it takes a lot of work on different levels. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey, we'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. All right, let's see what you got for me. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline. Oh, my God, I love it. My brother is a new boyfriend, and honestly, the whole family hates him. Well, guess what? The whole family doesn't need to date him, so it doesn't really matter. Maybe you got to keep it yourself. Apparently, your brother likes something about him, but let's find out more. You said he changes my brother. Ah, oh, there it is. The way he acts around us. It's almost like he's embarrassed of us. Oof. We just met him last weekend. Oh, you guys, you just met him. Come on. Maybe this guy has social anxiety. It's hard to meet someone's family members. Maybe their guards up. You don't know what's going on. Maybe he has family of origin trauma. Maybe the last person he dated's family was mean. Like you can't meet someone once and then make a global decision about who they are. Come on. We met him last weekend. My brother already told the family that we make his new man uncomfortable. <laughs> So they won't be coming for a while. Why do you guys make them uncomfortable? What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? Maybe the family needs to reflect on itself and say, yo, if, if our, if, you know, so-and-so is bringing their boyfriend over and we make the boyfriend uncomfortable, I, anyway, back to your question, you said, so they're not coming over for a while. We make them uncomfortable. We come from a big Italian family that's loud. And I guess his family was raised differently, but I don't think that's a good reason to shut us out. Can I talk to him about it? Well, thousand things. Whenever someone says something that implies that's just how we are, no, we are flexible. We have to look at how our behavior impacts people and we have to be willing to make some changes as a result of how we impact people. I never let people off the hook with their behavior by saying that's just how we are. And I'm kind of hearing you say that. We're just a loud Italian family. That's just how we are. Well, you might need to be better than that. If you're overwhelming your brother and his boyfriend and they don't want to come around anymore, then yeah, you got to work on it. What means more to you? How effective is the way that you're relating if people are feeling uncomfortable? Not very effective. You need to change that. If your value system says we want people to feel safe and comfortable and to want to integrate in, well, then you need to make your behavior such that it allows for that. It's never just that's how we are. Um, but your bigger question was really, can we, should we talk to him about it? Uh, yes. Yes, 100%. Don't ask me, ask him. That's a question you should be taking to your brother. Hey, what do we need to do to make this more comfortable for you guys? Because we want to be a part of your life and you a part of ours. It's called a one-to-one -one relationship. So absolutely, I want you to have the kind of relationship with your brother where it's vulnerable enough and, in, and, and that you can have true intimacy. And true intimacy is really talking about and stepping into the kind of conversations and discussions that make us a little uncomfortable because they're that vulnerable. That's how you know you're going deep. 
Um, so the fact that you don't know if you can talk to him about it tells me that your family isn't used to having very intimate, honest adult conversations. And maybe you just kind of skate on the surface and experientially avoid whatever's uncomfortable. So this is a chance to have a real relationship, but do it with a soft startup, non-judgmental. You don't say anything about what you think or feel about the boyfriend. You just reference, this is what we wanted. We want to have a you know family where we see you often. This is what we noticed. You don't want to come around anymore because you said we overwhelm you. And I wanted to talk to you about what possible solutions are because we want you guys to feel comfortable coming around and we want to learn about how we're impacting you and your boyfriend. Bam, that's it. Be vulnerable, be soft, be open. And then when your brother's answering, you stay open, you stay engaged, you stay curious, <coughs> and you, excuse me, COVID, and you um, learn from whatever the answers are. It's not a fight. It's not a debate. It's a learning moment. You're not trying to convince him that he's wrong, whatever he says. You're, you're asking a question. You're going to learn from him, but learn about yourselves as a system based on the answer. And then you decide what you want to do with that. You know, maybe what he tells you is not reasonable and you say, I'm sorry, that's something we can't or won't, you know, we're not willing to change or maybe it is, you know? So you got to listen to what the uh, answer is and decide if that makes sense to you. You know, I'm curious to see what he's going to say. I'd love for you to circle back and let us know in the DMs. I'd love to know what y'all are doing that makes him and his boyfriend not feel comfortable coming back around. But maybe you just need to chill it out a little bit. Maybe, you know, he needs to bring the boyfriend over and meet each of you one-on-one. -on -one. It might be intense to just be dropped into a large family unit at once. That is a very outgoing unit. I would be overwhelmed by that. I wouldn't want to do that. I'd want to slowly get to know y'all one-on-one before I'm dropped in with all 15 or 20 or however many of you, you know, there are. So anywho, good luck with that. That's our DM. If you got a DM first, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Past episodes you can check out over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, share, and re-listen. But again, the DMs are where we want to drop questions and topics. Love hearing from you. Don't email me. Put them in there. That's where they go. Um, like I said, though, we'll be back. More to come. Stick around. You are listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all. We are back and we're talking about how to stop being a people pleaser. Um, so here's some things we can ask ourselves. I actually really like this. Uh, when we're doing something, and this is a broad statement, when I say when we're doing something, when we're engaged in a process, a certain relationship, maybe it's a job, maybe it's volunteer work, maybe it's some things we've committed to within friendships, whatever it is, are you helping? Are you doing this thing? Are you committing to this thing because it makes you happy and satisfied? We're centering ourselves first. It's called self-centering, not being self-centered because uh, being self-centered is to the detriment of whatever it's, it's, it's working against you. Being self-centering is actually enhancing and positive. And there's a difference. Being self-centered pulls us away from people, places, and things that are important to us. It's, it's not a healthy move. Being self-centering might frustrate people, but it allows healthy people to stay and it's a movement towards our goals. So that's the first thing I'm gonna ask yourself, why am I doing this? <laughs> am I doing this for me or am I doing this for them? And there's something really beautiful about the selflessness or altruism of doing something for other people. I don't agree that we have to get something out of everything. Um, but I do want us, again, we're not, you know, each one of these points we're gonna talk about, we're not gonna live and die by them but the, we have to critically unpack it a little bit, but these are things we wanna start prompting ourselves with. Why am I doing this? Does it make me happy and satisfied? Is this bad for me? Like these are important questions to ask ourselves. Are you doing this because you feel guilty? Because it's okay to be a healthy person in a healthy relationship and sometimes disappoint and frustrate people. In fact, that's the only way we know that we're often practicing boundaries is by frustrating and disappointing other people because something isn't right for us. It doesn't make us happy. It doesn't feel good for us. Hey, I, I unfortunately, I can't babysit your child every weekday. <laughs> I have some things I need to get done, but sometimes I can, and I'll let you know when that is. That's going to disappoint and frustrate your neighbor. But sometimes that's important to do. We can't always be doing things that are going to leave us frustrated depleted or resentful. Those are signs that we're not taking care of ourselves and not setting a boundary because there's a line between being a people pleaser and just being kind and generous and altruistic. There's a fine line between it and it's not always an easy line to understand. It's a little bit nuanced. Um, and that's why I ask yourself, right? Is this going to be depleting for you? Is this going to make you happy? Um, here's an example I pulled from the research. So again, this isn't my example. Pretend you're asked to coach your kid's soccer team. 
because that, you know, they rely on volunteers. If saying yes would underscore your value of contributing to the community and making you feel good, go and do it. But if it's something that's going to take you away for other important things that you need to do to take care of yourself and other important people in your life, then you're going to have to pass. We don't want to overburden ourselves, but yes, we want to be available to do things for other people. And that's where there's like a nuance. We're not trying to have these rock solid boundaries where we just say no to everything and we never extend ourselves or put ourselves out. That's not what we're talking about. Boundaries should be somewhat flexible, but we have to pay attention to the impact and what part of us is wanting to say yes. <laughs> don't say yes to things just because you don't want to feel guilty or disappoint people. That again is part of healthy boundaries and mental health. We have to be able to frustrate people. And again, healthy people will tolerate and allow that. Um, we can't just take every opportunity. Um, <clears throat> and I know that's hard for some people. Some people cannot handle not being liked. Some people cannot handle that tension of disappointment, but that's, that's when you know you have really good friendships around you. When, when those words are used like, Hey man, that's a really bummer. It bums me out. That's disappointing to hear, but like rock on. I know you've got a family. I know you've got, you know, you're trying to do some other things or whatever it is and like take care of your business. You know, um, I always try to be that friend that helps people set boundaries. I try to not make it harder on them. Um, you don't always have to give people an out, but maybe you do, but don't make it harder on people when you see them struggling to set a boundary. <laughs> um, and another point to think about is what I was saying earlier, which is you want to let your values and ethics guide your decisions, you know? So it's not always, I'm going to do everything I'm asked to do. It's more, is this in line with my values and my interests? Um, Looking at a study, this is a study that came out about 10 years ago. Um, it stated that in order to maximize happiness, we should be choosing activities that are related to our values and interests. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and again, it's okay to put ourselves out for others, but it has to be aligned with who we are and how we want to move through the world. I see people committing to things that are very much outside of that, or again, overburden them and make them miserable. And that's never what we're trying to talk about. I want to try to think more of some dating and relationship examples to kind of drive that home. I think those are often a lot clearer. Um, and maybe you're not even relating to this. And that's why some of this information is more about just trying to better understand the work that others are doing and why some people are fumbling with their words or trying to set boundaries. Um, some people have been raised where they aren't allowed to ever have set boundaries. They were raised in families where they had to be boundaryless their parents never honored them closing their door or having privacy. They were in social groups where they were with people that were bullies and were very aggressive. And then they moved into adult relationships where they were with partners that didn't let these people have boundaries and privacy. And so it's really hard for them because no one allowed it. No one gave them permission. No one modeled it for them. And these are things that we learn. We aren't born understanding this. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to keep talking about how to work on not being a people pleaser, which means being more assertive, being more authentic, better with boundaries. It's good for our lives. It's good for our mental health. And it's good for those around us. And then uh, later in the show, we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, a question, a topic, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back and uh, talking about the difficult topic of how to not be a people pleaser. Oh, it's difficult work. We all got to do it. We all got to work on boundaries, assertion, communication skills. Um, kind of talk about how culturally it's really hard to do because we are primed. We are socialized to really care about what others think about us. That's why we are, you know, making resolutions to go to the gym. And that's often just patriarchy or internalized misogyny, making us think that our worth is tied to our desirability and we have to be attractive to everyone. And, you know, we're led to believe that we have to like battle aging, use these things. It's anti-aging, be against a natural, healthy process. Why? Because we have to be like, we have to feel attractive to others. It's no wonder that we don't know how to really deal with not being liked or, or not being, you know, um, even valued. We have to be better at disappointment. That's why I have a lot of clients that struggle with assertiveness, especially around dating, um, even jobs, asking for a raise, or um, even some people just struggle to put together a job application and resume uh, because their self-worth is tied to that. And, uh, you know, we're talking about kind of letting your values guide your behavior, unhooking from those thoughts and feelings, because those thoughts and feelings won't go away. And we can't wait for these thoughts and feelings to dissipate before we step into the life we want to lead. We have to learn how to make room for them, allow them to be there. It's called acceptance and mindfulness and move forward anyway, guided by our values. Also, we have to learn how to say no. It is something I have worked with some clients on for months and months and months saying no 
disappointing, letting down, thinking that whatever's important to you or what you need is just as important, if not more important, comes up around certain holidays, um, even things like weddings. It's, it's a bane of my existence in some ways. I have clients that are literally willing to risk their job and going into debt so as to purchase a dress or a tux and a gift and maybe even travel when that is not something that's able to be done by them. But they're like, it's my friend's wedding. And it's like, yes, it's your friend's wedding. That is the most important day for them. But that doesn't mean it's your most important day. And that doesn't mean you should risk taking time off that you can't afford to take financially or just in terms of job stability. Doesn't mean you should spend money on travel or a gift or a tux that you don't have the money to spend. We have to be able to say no to people. And that's a hard one. Even the Christmas time, the holidays, I'm saying to people, it's okay to say, I don't have the finances this year to participate in gift giving. We struggle. We think our worth is tied to our ability to do these things and to be liked. But we all have to also, here's the other part of this. Learning to not be a people pleaser is also about all of us helping create a world where we make it easier on others to tell us no and to set a boundary. Yes, that is our job. It is our job to care about how we impact others and what kind of world we create. I want us to get better at being told no. No, I can't make it to your comedy show. It's too late at night, I go to bed and get up early. No, I can't attend your wedding. I don't have the finances or childcare. No, I can't participate in the gift giving or I can't go out to that dinner and all of us divide up the meal equally. I don't have enough savings. And we want I want people to be able to hear no and to say thank you for telling me. I'm sorry that wasn't able to work out. I understand, even if I'm disappointed. I want us to be able to say, I know I told you I could pick you up at the airport, but unfortunately something changed in my life for my schedule and I can't do that anymore. Make it easier on people. You have to hear no. You have to be able to have a boundary set with you. Literally, or at least symbolically, I want you to say, thank you for taking care of yourself. Thank you for setting a boundary with me. That's a sign you're, you care about yourself and you value me in the relationship. I actually have a really good friend. Not surprising, he's a therapist, but I think it's freaking awesome. And he'll say that. He'll go, thank you for taking care of yourself. What a beautiful thing to remind people that it's okay to do that, more of that. So your willingness and ability to say no is a huge part of both boundaries and self-care, but bigger than that, mental health and not being a people pleaser. And if you're in relationships with people that can't handle boundaries and can't hear the word no, they're not healthy to maybe relate to. And I want you to do it anyway. It's wild, the stories that I will hear about the hoops people will go through and the horrible situations they will let themselves be put into because they don't trust that these other people can handle being disappointed or frustrated with a no or a boundary or whatever it is. So it also speaks to the receiver's mental health, our ability to, and willingness to do it, but also the willingness to be you know, on the receiving end of that. Both matter, we're assessing both. Um, we have to be able to take care of ourselves. And we have all these cultural rituals and norms that really make us feel that we're not allowed to take care of ourselves around these different factors. Um, also work with some clients that are sober and it is not safe for them to be around spaces, places and events where there's drinking. And so they'll say, I'm sorry, I can't attend your birthday party. Yeah, I love you, you're my best friend, but there's drinking, you're going to a bar or I don't go to weddings because of the alcohol, it's not safe for me. Congratulations on your day though. We have to be able to hear that and be told that, or you are not a good person. You have to be able to be told no, and that friendship has to be able to exist. Again, we have to be able to deal with disappointment and frustration, and we have to be willing to disappoint and frustrate people. That is just part of being a relational being in the world and focusing on mental health. So take that with you. I'm gonna take a little break, and we're gonna come back and uh, finish up talking about how to not be a people pleaser, which again is really a crash course in authenticity and boundaries and self-care and mental health. It's all in there, and uh, we all have work to do around it. So. Just trying to build a better world, y'all. Trying to hold the, hold the bar higher. And we all have work to do. So these are little things I want you to practice. So do that. And uh, later in the show, we'll be closing out on some DMs. So if you got a question for us, uh, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Um, and we are channelq.com is where you want to go to check out past episodes. So uh, stick around. We'll be back listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back and uh, finishing up our discussion on how to not be a people pleaser. Ooh, lifetime, lifetime of work. <laughs> That's the best part about therapy and mental health is it's a practice. I know it means it's ongoing, you know, uh, always working to be our better selves. Part of it's because we're raised and socialized in a culture that doesn't really train us uh, to be our best. So as adults, we have to 
unlearn and then relearn and then practice so as to uh, really build it into who we are. So people pleasing, I know we want to be liked, we want to be wanted, we're trained to think in those terms, but um, we want to be around healthy people that are able to be told no and are able to handle boundaries. And as I said, I want us to all be those people that are able to be told no and to have boundaries set with us, make it easier on others. Part of having good boundaries is tolerating having them set with you. Having good boundaries is not just about us setting them with others. It's also how we react to them being set with us. So if when someone disappoints you or lets you down, you don't manage that well, well then you don't have great boundaries. You know, So be better, make it easier on the people that you care about. And you can't always expect your needs to be more important than their needs. Your most important day doesn't override whatever might be going on for them that day. That's why like, I, I weighed in um, on a conversation that was being had about how long it takes some people to text people back. And they're like, it, you know, a few hours is reasonable. My God, if you're gonna wait 24 hours, it's understandable that someone's upset that they haven't heard back from you. And it's like, if you're self-centered, but like the first question should always be, what might be going on in this other person's life? What if they're dealing with a life crisis? And understandably, my text how are you doing isn't a priority. Uh, maybe they're dealing with depression or a mental health issue. Like there's a lot of things that be going on. Maybe they're overwhelmed with childcare, uh, taking care of the children, or they're working multiple jobs. Who knows? But like, let's be a little less self-centered, assuming that they should be thinking of us first and just getting back to us. Calm down. You know, we need to have friendships and relationships that are a little more robust and resilient than that, where people hang in there with us. So if I reach out to a friend and I don't hear back from them in a, for a while, I don't punish them for taking time. You know, if there's something reasonable, I might say, hey, I was bummed out to have not heard from you, but I also try to not do that. I don't want to put the burden on them. If I know they care about me, I know they care about me and I don't make my care or their care dependent upon response time. Yeah, respond better. Send a message if you can saying, hey, rough day, catch up later. But if not, let's let's not make our, our entire sense of safety and relationship dependent upon some of these fragile pieces. Um, so we're centering ourselves, we're practicing saying no. I know it's really hard and we're hoping that people are practicing being told no. Uh, doesn't make you a bad person. I know we all wanna be liked and we wanna be a team player, but sometimes we can't be. Sometimes we have to let people down. Sometimes we can't attend the party. Sometimes things are going on. Um, we're also not over apologizing. Like I think that's a really centralized piece of this. We shouldn't feel bad when we do this. We don't need to, you know, not people please and say no or set a boundary or put something we need first. We don't then need to apologize for it. Sometimes it's actually undoing the work because it's it's about the literal, I can't, but then it's also about the internal experience you have of yourself and you're going to undermine that part if you're apologizing because then it's kind of taking away from what you were trying to do for yourself. So be thoughtful about that. But again, I want those people on the receiving end to make it easier for us. We have to, we have to, this is just also centering mental health. So everyone's all mental health advocate or hashtag mental health. Well, this is part of it. Be willing to be disappointed and told no. And um, I also wish people held more space when they were trying to request something from someone or inviting them to attend something. I wish we held space for them not being able to and maybe giving them a little bit of an out. I understand this is a hard time for everyone financially. I appreciate those that can't make it, but I wanted to invite you anyway. If this is something that makes sense or feels good to you, you are invited. It's okay to handhold a little bit, knowing that we live in a culture where people feel like they're a bad friend or a bad parent or a bad person. If they're like, I can't, I can't afford it. I don't have the time. I don't have the childcare because again, I'm hurt by these stories of people overextending themselves financially and energy wise, um, for things that shouldn't, for things that shouldn't be the, the total decider or qualifier as to how much we care about someone. I see that even with engagement rings, it should be this much of your salary. That's kind of gross that your care and your love, which is what that ring is about, that the price of it and the money spent is what determines love. Like stop being such a materialist, be better than that. Just be complimented that someone cares enough about you to honor your relationship with a ring. The cost shouldn't matter. And we don't know what's going on in someone's life. And so let's not keep contributing to that system. But I keep seeing articles like that about people being offended at the price of a ring or a gift. Grow up, grow up. Don't let your the care or love that exists between you and this person be so fragile that it's erased or diminished based on money spent. Not everyone thinks in those terms. And we have to be better than that. And I don't care if it's your love language. Be better than that. Grow up. Love language is not a real thing. It's a concept. It's a metaphor. So if you're like, I like gifts. Okay. Learn to expand that and find love in other ways. You know, people shouldn't have to kill themselves energy-wise and financially for us to, you know, express love and care. I will 
always, always push back on that. All right, y'all, that's that. Past episodes of Loveline, want to check out uh, prior shows, go to wearechannelq.com, scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, share, listen. Lots of good stuff over there. And uh, we're going to come back and do some DMs. So if you got a question for us, something that other people might be wondering about as well, you know, no questions, not good. Uh, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to circle back to. Stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. If your day sounds like we need the report ASAP, you deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I feel like I get attached really easy to people I date. Okay. It's like I'll start talking to someone, and then I find myself checking my phone every minute for a text. Or catching myself literally thinking about them after, like, two dates. I don't show it to them, and I play it very cool on the outside. Well done, well done. But on the inside, it's a lot. Yeah, that's cute. It's called crush. It's what's supposed to happen. That's neurologically what happens. The dopamine drops. We start obsessing. I'm sorry, the serotonin drops. We start obsessing. The dopamine rises. We get a hit every time we think of them or we get a message from them. That's part of the process. That evolutionarily and biologically is what's supposed to happen so that we continue to be drawn towards and to see this person so we can pair bond and have offspring. So evolutionary psychology tells us anyway. So uh, that's the system working. Just manage it. Don't overwhelm the person by, you know, hitting them up every two seconds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's about management. There's nothing wrong with you. That's how it works. I love that. I love love. I love early crush. That's the most exciting part of it. So don't shame it or pathologize it. You're not broken. Enjoy it. Think about them all the time if you want. Enjoy that. Write their name on your notebook and draw a little heart around them. Enjoy that. Check your phone if you got the time. Maybe you have the time. Cool. But if you don't, put your phone in a drawer. Check it three times a day and learn a little impulse control and boundaries, you know? That's all you got. But I don't want you to think you're bad or broken and pathologizing it. That is a natural process. In fact, if I don't feel that way about someone, I don't think that I'm into them enough. If I meet someone, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't care if I hear from them for days. That's not a good sign. That's, that, that's a sign there's not enough chemistry. I want so much chemistry that I'm doing the same thing you're doing. I date backpack style. I like to see them as much as often, talk to them as much as often, within reason, within what I have time and energy for. And I don't like it in the way of my work. When I'm seeing clients, I'm seeing clients. I'm not checking my phone every two seconds. Um, I manage it. You know, I'll stick my phone in a drawer. I'm learning, you know, you learn how to just sit in the moment. But enjoy that. I think that's the sweet, fun part of early crush. Don't, don't try to be so too cool for school that you don't enjoy the early stages and what they offer us. That's adorable. You know, I see people trying to be like, don't get too excited. It's like, yeah, get excited. Get really excited. And if and when it doesn't work out, you will deal with that disappointment. But it will not be less disappointing because you tried to shame or minimize the early stages, which are supposed to be very lust driven and driven by dopamine hits and, you know, this obsessiveness that comes with the uh, dropping of serotonin. That is the natural process of attachment. If you don't want to get so attached, then you have to learn how to take time away. You have to learn how to fill your time and schedule with other things so as to stay distracted and focused on other things. Um, that's all you really got is that management piece. You can't rewire your brain, you know, and you're very sensitive and you attach easily. It's going to serve you in some ways, work against you in others. But people that are more avoidant, they have their own problems too. You know, the people that are really cool with that often also tend to not be very romantic. They tend to not be very present. They tend to not be... Um, 
as affectionate. So, you know, strengths and weaknesses got to, you got to, you got to take, you know, pick your poison as they say, but I just don't want you shame or pathologizing that, but learn how to set some boundaries, learn how to not be so attached to your phone, but that's a skill everyone's working on. You know, how do we stay present in our lives and not be swiping on TikTok when we're on a date or with our friends? How do we stay present in our lives um, and not be doing whatever else we do with our darn phone? I don't know. I'm trying to keep my phone in a drawer most of the day. I'm trying to be more present in my life socially and less less on that thing. That's my work. You know what I mean? Uh, all right. If you got a damn for us question, topic you want covered, something you want us to circle back to, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page questions and topics, like I said, and uh, we are channelq.com. It's where you want to go to check out past episodes, scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. That's where all the magic happens. Um, yeah, it's all about repetition. I say that every time I reference that, but that's the key. There's not many things or resources in the world that are going to really kind of train us to think the way we want to train, uh, to think the way we want to think. Um, also, we're trying to be more mental health centered. And everything in the world is so focused on outcomes. What's your body look like? Are you battling aging? What are your goals? How much money are you making? It's like, we need to stop going outward and start going more inward. The work is inward. The work is not outward. Happiness is going inward. Happiness is not about what we have and going outward. Um, so uh, check out Loveline. Let it be a part of your journey. You know what I mean? And uh, focus more, as I say, every night on some self-care, a little bit more joy and pleasure in your life. How can you find some of that today? As much rest and leisure as possible. Be kind to yourself and those around you. We'll be back tomorrow night, so join us then. As always, though, thanks for hanging out, and y'all enjoy the rest of your night. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.